sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. It seems that one man's truth is another man's conspiracy theory, but when we talk about conspiracy theories, we don't realize how historically rooted they are in religious bigotry, which is very much a subject of this program, Freedom's Ring. I'm happy to welcome today a friend and colleague, John Ashmead, is an attorney and Associate Director of Public Affairs and Religious Liberty for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the Northeastern United States. John, welcome to Freedom's Ring. It's great to be with you, Alan. In discussing this, you were reminding me that, you know, one of the big original conspiracy theories is an anti-Semitic one. Why don't you talk about that first? Sure. Um, It's known as the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And uh, this conspiracy theory has been around since the 19th century. And it has made it all around the world. And basically, it claims to be some sort of meeting notes of uh, Jewish leaders left behind. and, And it's about their plan to sort of take over the world. And this was propaganda spread in the early 19th century between, you know, the monarchies in Europe and the church, you know, and they were fearful about the spread of democracy around the world and how that would impact their power. So, you know, rumors started to be spread around and they have been with us since then. Well, I don't think that people realize the extent to which there is all of this sort of underlying fear of a one world government, of a new world order, of Jewish bankers, of, you know, Jews, of, uh, what's his name? The, the Jewish billionaire who, uh, George, George Soros, Soros, right? It, it all has roots in this kind of ancient conspiracy theory and little bits and pieces keep getting recirculated, but it's all anti-Semitic, right? Exactly, exactly. And and can I just share a quick story with you just to show you how far they have spread? Maybe around 20 years ago, I was in church and the young people decided they were going to put on a program. And it was when I got to church and saw the title, it was Obama and the New World Order. And, you know, I was shocked at the information they shared simply because, you know, this was a predominantly African-American church. And you would think that everyone would be excited at the prospect of, you know, the first African-American president. But here they were, you know, making claims that he was on the cusp or he was about to create the one world system. And it was a stunning revelation to me. And it really made me start to think about these things and to wonder how they got that information. And, you know, clearly the source of that was social media. And, you know, this is an area where information comes to individuals unfiltered by censors and they just sit down and embrace it and ruminate on it. And, you know, they don't necessarily question the credibility of the information that they're getting. Well, and it's very dark and depressing. And, you know, if you're a sensitive soul, it could literally impact your mental health very seriously. 
Exactly. Uh, well, it's not just anti-Semitic. There's also anti-Catholic roots right. in some of these conspiracy theories, aren't there? Uh, there certainly are. You know, there are people who spread rumors about Jesuits. They are controlling everything um, that you can think of in the world. And uh, everything is associated with someone. And so you, you have uh, Jesuits who are controlling the secret societies. And the secret societies are controlled by bankers. And before you know it, you know, it, there's just a web of interconnected parties. And when you really sit back and begin to think about it, the connections and the alliances are just not realistic. And, you know, I can give you a concrete example. You know, in many instances, people will say, well, it was the Catholic Church that started Islam. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard that. You, you've heard that, right. And the exactly. Jesuits assassinated Abraham Lincoln, right? Right, and all of those things. But, you know, these parties aren't, they're natural foes and not friends. Right. And so that, that's the problem. You end up more often than not making friends out of enemies. And people don't necessarily realize that. And, you know, they make all these nebulous connections that aren't, in fact, real. You know, one of the victims, one of the casualties of conspiracy theories, it seems to me, is our democracy. Right. Because when we all get to the place where we know that the real truth is what is in the shadows and that what the mainstream media are discussing is not the real truth, then we lose a shared basis for talking about the things that are important for our community. Right. But even worse than that, Alan, I think that these conspiracy theories create divisions. Um, what they do is you find someone, you put a label on them, and once you put a label on them, then whatever, you don't need to think about what they're saying anymore. You know, as long as you say this person is, I'm just using example, if you say this person is a Democrat, then, you know, whatever opinions you have about Democrats then guides what you think about them. And they can give you the gospel truth right? because they fit in that label, it's done. And I think that's what a conspiracy theory does. It places a label on someone that they can never overcome and creates a division that the truth can never overcome. Well, I think many of us recognize that the polarization in American society has reached really dangerous levels. You know, I come from a Jewish family, and so uh, the experience of Germany in the 1930s is something that is, is very important to me in understanding how a Christian society was suckered into or seduced into scapegoating Jews and going to the lengths that they did. Um, the degree of anger and hostility that we have in our society today, I think, is unmatched by, you know, any modern Western society since Germany in the 1930s. And it, it truly is alarming to me because of the, this polarization. Right. So here are my thoughts. So you are an experienced trial attorney, and you know that when you have a trial, what do you do? You have your theme. And if the trials were for a jury, you'd keep coming back to that theme over and over again. And, you know, by the end of the trial, you want the jury, as they're deliberating, to hear those words. And so if, if I say to you, 
If the glove fits, you must acquit. What does that bring to mind automatically? If the glove doesn't fit, OJ. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Right. That's OJ. Exactly. Right. OJ, right. That resonated with the jury. So what happens in our society today is we are consistently inundated with the same information over and over again, and we keep hearing it. And we just begin to accept it uncritically. And so as soon as certain key phrases or words are used, we accept the information. And that's really the danger. It really stops us from thinking and, you know, dialoguing with others and really coming to solutions that will help our society. Well, you know, this program will air in the run up to the election and, um, The director of national intelligence has told us that there are several nations that are actively trying to manipulate and interfere in our elections, uh, China and Russia and Iran in particular. And, um, you know, the various social media algorithms are not our friends because they tend to send us down this rabbit hole that's more and more and more pigeonholed, whatever direction, if you're going left, if you're going right, wherever you're going, it's going to send you down that rabbit hole. Right. Certainly does. You know, it's just the constant information. When you keep seeing something over and over again, you begin to think it's real. And, and I think, you know, that that's why you have attorneys who are successful trial attorneys. They're able to present themes. They're preachers when they preach. They have their themes and their key phrases and they keep repeating them over. And by the end, that's what engages the audience. And so I think, you know, conspiracy theorists are aware of these things. And so they just have a constant theme of information that they're spreading, you know, about bankers who are controlling our finances. And, you know, all of our presidents are part of these secret organizations and they all have the same, you know, agenda and they want to expand the government. These are the kinds of things that are out there that that should trouble us. So let's talk for a couple of minutes about some practical counsel, because, you know, we're primarily on Christian radio. We're talking to many of our listeners who are people of faith. And, you know, when when I'm preaching and people want to run their pet conspiracy theory by me, I know that it's futile effort to try to disprove uh, something that can't be proven or disproven in many cases. But I remind people, look, as a Christian, our message is not about something that's secret or something that's hidden. You know, Jesus, like the book Revelation, it's not a mystery, it's the revelation. It's the, you know, it's about Jesus. So, if we recognize that all of these things are distractions, you know, and keep our eyes fixed on Christ, that is going to go a long way towards, you know, towards insulating us from the dangers of these things, right? I certainly agree. As Christians, our focus is on the gospel. And, you know, the gospel is a message of good news. And if we find as Christians, what we are preaching and promoting is simply bad news that scares everyone. That's not the gospel. Ouch. Well, you know, you and I are Seventh-day Adventists, and the Adventist Church believes in obeying God. Mm -hmm. And so the very name of the church, Seventh-day, is premised on respecting and celebrating the Sabbath, right? Right. Which is one of the commandments. But do you know what 
commandment in the Bible is repeated more than a hundred times, more than any other commandment, don't be afraid. Okay. Do not fear. Mm -hmm. And so if what we're doing is uh, succumbing to a spirit of fear and foreboding about, you know, who's doing what behind the scenes, mm -hmm. that is ungodly. The other thing I would point out is that all of God's commandments are based and grounded in love. And so if we are embracing messages that lead us not to love someone who thinks differently from us, only because they think differently from us, that should give us some pause. You know, I think it's critical that we allow ourselves to be open to a broad range of information. We should avoid living within a bubble. Um, if you live exclusively within a bubble, then, you know, the information you get is very narrow. Right. And I think it's important for us to read broadly. If you want to understand an issue that's taking place in our society, read what the liberals have to say, read what the moderates have to say, read what the conservatives, and then after you've taken all the information in, then, you know, you make your decision. Another thing that is vitally important is to understand the source of the information that you're getting. Amen. I was just going to say, you got to yeah. check your sources and yeah. don't just forward or post on social media something exactly. without checking it out. Right. There's so much propaganda out there. Right, exactly. You know, try and stick to the mainline sources of information. You know, if you're conservative, it's okay to, to you know, look at conservative voices, but stick to the mainline voices. Don't go off into the far deep you know, either left or right, because that's how you get caught up in these conspiracy views. Well, we could continue this conversation for quite some time, but we're out of time. Our guest today, John Ashmead, attorney, associate director of public affairs and religious liberty for the Adventist Church in the New England area. John, a pleasure having you with me on Freedom's Ring today. Great to be with you, Alan. And as we close, friends, this has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, keep freedom ringing. <laughs>